Hi everyone, this is Larissa Bollinger. I'm the new hostess of The Youth Room, a podcast by UPCI Youth Ministries. This podcast will focus on topics relevant to youth and young adults. Don't forget to subscribe and join us on the third Tuesday of each month. It is that point in the semester. That's a phrase that me and my friends have used over text message and in conversation. The inflection on that lets you know exactly what I mean. That point in the semester is when I'm a TA, a teacher's assistant, I start getting panic emails (laughs) from students. (laughs) And I walk into class and it looks like the abode of the dead, like everyone is suffering. Um, And so, I, I am not coming to this podcast as someone without empathy. I had a discussion post due at 11.59 last night, and I have to make that up after church tonight. So we're talking about student life, especially when it's that point in the semester. Um, there's so much productivity content on the webs, uh, so many podcasts telling you how to crush it, how to manage your time. And we're gonna take a different uh, route today. Um, Does it make a difference that we're apostolic uh, when we're talking about student life or our education? I think it does. Because for some people, just the act of getting the good grade, uh, getting the degree, Uh, getting the recognition and the accolades, the experience of learning something, those become value markers or things that they build their identity around. Whereas we have a greater sense of mission and purpose. And so we can bring more uh, motivation and, and purpose to our work as students because we're not just doing it Uh, to achieve something or to be perceived as intelligent, but we're doing it on the terms of trying to serve God, trying to honor God. So we're approaching this differently because we're thinking about how our education, our work as students, actually uh, correlates with our work in the kingdom of God. How can we be good and faithful (laughs) while trying to manage academic life. I understand. I um, have always been one to kind of try to go the extra mile when it comes to academics, and so I have been uh, busy (laughs) as a student as long as I can remember, and I think that while we're carrying the load and dealing with the pressure of trying to manage um, academics, a job, serving in ministry, all of these things that we're trying to juggle, we have to understand why we're doing it in the first place. If we're just making the grade to make the grade, um, then it becomes really easy not to turn in that assignment or to do that discussion post. People always talk about how much they hate discussion posts and doing replies because no one says anything of substance. I take these things very seriously. Because think about it, a discussion post is the only time (laughs) that you're allowed uh, to be a keyboard warrior and get rewarded for it. Um, But even more deeply than that, (laughs) the satisfaction of being able to meet word count with my educated opinion, Why, why am I even Uh, trying to do well in school in the first place. School can be the test in my life that produces patience, 
It produces Christian character, discipline, and important ministry skills. So when we determine our why, it becomes much easier to pursue education, not just as something that we're doing because the government <laughs> has forced us to be educated um, students or because our parents put the pressure on us. But when we know why, we can actually get something good out of the experience. Uh, there's a, a woman named Angela Duckworth, like first of all, stellar name, amazing. <laughs> um, she talks about the importance of having grit, which is the passion and perseverance to actually achieve a goal. She did a TED talk. She talked to TED. Uh, you could go look it up, but she researched motivation at West Point Military Academy in spelling bees and in classrooms and found that it wasn't intelligence, natural intelligence. It wasn't uh, talent or personality necessarily that made students successful, but what really makes students successful in the long run is their ability to have grit, to stick with a difficult task. And how true is that in every aspect of life? Anything that we seek to do for the Lord, um, whether it's ministry, uh, in the church, in the local church, serving uh, saints or discipling people. We have to have stick with itness because these things, uh, they require effort. They require patience, steadfastness. And then sometimes we're doing our very best um, to juggle the load, to manage everything, and we fall short. Uh, we don't meet the deadline. The assignment closes. <laughs> Uh, and we're sending desperate emails. And it's easy to wonder in those moments, am I still valuable as a person? Am I still beloved <laughs> by God, even when I am struggling in school? And that sounds silly, but whenever we've so tied our identity uh, to being a good student, to being a success, then whenever we don't uh, match up to our definition of success, it can take away our sense of value. But when we're pursuing um, academic success or really learning, right, because that's more important, the act of learning as an act of worship to the Lord, as something that we can bring to our ministry context and bless other people with, when, when we fail and fall short, we can find comfort in knowing God still cares <laughs> about us, um, and, and we can grow. We're not stuck in that position of failure. I uh, graduated Urshan College with a bachelor's degree in Christian ministry, and then I immediately started attending Urshan Graduate School to study theology, and I kind of overlapped my degrees a little bit as I was graduating, and I took way too many credit hours. I overestimated my own discipline. I overestimated uh, my the time that I had in a day, and as a result, I was very burnt out, very frustrated, um, and even though I felt like grad school was something that the Lord was leading me to do after a few months of struggling, being frustrated, feeling like a failure. There was literally one night I was working in the office at my church. I just walked out and sat in the church parking lot, and I was talking to the Lord. It was a 
nice, cool summer night. Um, and listening, there's a good, I'm a sucker for like good Christian pop throwbacks. And there is a song called He'll Do Whatever It Takes by Phillips Craig and Dean. So I'm just sitting, you know, in the parking lot, basking in my sense of failure as a student and listening to Christian throwbacks. Um, and that was a, a difficult time when I really had to evaluate, uh, am I going to keep on this path of learning, of education? It's something that I feel like I need to do. I had made the choice, uh, but we don't always get to make the choice about education. But I decided that even though I didn't at that moment have the discipline, the skills that I needed, I had overwhelmed myself. I was going to make the changes that I needed to make uh, in my schedule, but also in my habits. I was going to stick it out. I was going to stick it through. What finally happened at that moment is a bunch of friends that had been hanging out from my church pulled up into the church parking lot at random, um, and they just see me, you know, sitting on the ground listening to music. They're like, are you okay? Um, and I was like, it's that point in the semester. But my friend had a, a puppy, so I had some catharsis in that moment. I kept going, and I was able to develop some skills. I'm still working on developing uh, time management skills, right? Discipline, grit, hard work. Uh, good work, work ethic, but all of these things have not only helped me in school, but they've helped me in ministry as well and in my personal walk with God. So you might be a student, not uh, in a Christian or a homeschool context, but you might be in a public school. Um, and whenever you're in a public school, uh, college setting, uh, it's really easy to feel attacked on the level of worldview and identity. The war for our soul is often waged in a classroom, if we're being honest. We're confronted by people who might be adversarial to Christian beliefs, or at the very least, we're exposed to different points of view, and we have to learn how to navigate conversations with people who don't share our values, who don't share our belief system. So how do we maintain a Christian worldview uh, in a secular academic context? I can't give you like one book, one resource that will just like fix, <laughs> fix everything for you, but I can give some principles and advice. One, one uh, lesson that really helped me, Brother Bland, he's a pastor at the sanctuary in St. Louis, gave this analogy when he was talking about the importance of constructing a Christian worldview. A lot of people try to focus on uh, more secondary things first. Um, it, it would be like building a house, let's say, and rather than giving attention to the foundation or the structure that keeps the house together if there's high winds or some type of um, corrosion, whatever. They, they focus on the external things, making the house appear like it is uh, beautiful, making a house that looks good rather than a house that will stand. 
people who do fixer-upper projects sometimes can do this. They only do the cosmetic repairs, but they don't actually attend to the structural damage. And so then people who buy these houses are faced with huge bills uh, later, right, because the real problems weren't addressed. So when we're talking about constructing a worldview, uh, building our Christian identity, it's important that we don't just go to the external things first, that we don't just focus on more secondary issues, but if, if you're struggling with identity and worldview because people are coming against it, maybe in school or your peers, what I would tell you and what Brother Bland advised to the group of students sitting um, in that room was to start with the most foundational things. If you don't know who you are, what you believe, or you're trying to decide, set those things in stone. Start with the basic things, things like there is a God. <laughs> there is a God who loves me. I know who I am. I am a, a woman. I am a follower of Jesus. Before I can get to the secondary things, I need to establish, okay, what do I believe about God? What do I believe about the Bible? What do I believe about about Jesus, who Jesus is. If I can get those basic identity pieces down, then I am building a life, I'm building a worldview and an identity that will be sustainable over a long period of time. The second thing that I'll recommend for maintaining a Christian worldview um, in, in a secular context is to meditate on the scripture. Um, sometimes we read the Bible with the intention of just checking a box, right? Or being able to maintain our streak in your version. That is pretty motivational. I don't want to ruin my streak. But it's more than just knowing how to quote it back or uh, look for a reference to support a point, looking for a proof text. But we need to meditate on scripture in a way that actually forms who we are. That's kind of the, the idea I think that the psalmist was getting at when he said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If I will hide the word of God in my heart, if it will become a part of um, my memory, my personal identity, then I'll be able to sustain a Christian worldview. I'll be able to make the right decisions in the face of opposition. So instead of just trying to read the Bible to check a box, think about how you can engage with scripture in a more meaningful way, in a way where you are considering the, the bigger meaning rather than just looking at a verse or pulling out an individual phrase. So let's get down to the basics, the practical things that we can do as students. Uh, first, we're minimizing distraction and we're learning how to manage our time. These skills are so essential in life, in serving the Lord, minimizing distraction. I have to work on my relationship with entertainment, with digital media. Um, if I am if I'm on social media all day, I'm training my brain, quite literally, to receive a certain kind of information in a certain way. And it's going to be harder for me to come to the more uh, boring stuff <laughs> or even just the stuff that requires more focus. Uh, there's a book called Reader Come Home where Marianne Wolf, she's a literacy researcher, she talks about how just through the habits that we have with digital media, we're actually forming our 
our reading habits or our study habits, sometimes in very negative ways. So we have to put good boundaries in place that minimize the distractions in our lives. I have accountability around the time I spend on technology. I had a major goal that I was accomplishing this month. So every day I texted a mentor a number of the amount of time that I was spending on uh, digital entertainment. So things like social media and YouTube. Uh, managing time, having a schedule, prioritizing the things that matter. And first of all, that should be the things of God, right? We can't just let God's kingdom, the church, our discipleship relationships, our walk with God, those things aren't secondary to our school life, our academic life, but actually those things are the most foundational, the things that really should come first before academics and extracurricular um, activities. So we have to minimize distraction and manage our time. The second thing that we can do practically as apostolic students is get involved in the church. There's no time like the present to find service opportunities in your local church where you can build relationships with peers and mentors and there's no time like the present to make disciples. When we have a greater sense of purpose than just checking the assignment box, emptying our missing assignment tab, that's actually going to guide us in everything we do. And we can be better students because we're purpose-driven. The third thing uh, is find your bare minimum. Find the bare necessities. I did listen to the song um, on the way here as I was uh, preparing for this podcast. But what is your bare minimum in terms of your walk with God? Because realistically, there are some days where we just don't hit it out of the park <laughs> with our time management. We don't always prioritize uh, Bible reading, Bible study, prayer. Find a daily bare minimum that maybe doesn't require as much focus, but on difficult, stressful days, this is what I'm doing no matter what. What are the, the rules and the habits that you have just in place daily, whether you're killing it or whether you're, it's that point in the semester, right? <laughs> so these are some things that I have done as like my bare minimum. Um, whenever I'm not really killing it with disciplines, but I still wanna stay connected to the Lord in some way. On days where I haven't done a good job of getting with Bible reading or listening to the Bible, I will listen to the Psalms or some other portion of scripture literally as I'm on my way to bed. And, you know, sometimes we approach spiritual disciplines with the attitude of, well, I can't give God an hour, so I'm just going to punish myself and not do anything. But I've determined in my own life, there's not going to be a day that goes by where I'm not engaging with the word in some way. So even if that's the most passive way, <laughs> every day I've got to listen or read uh, the Bible in some way. So if you're having one of those days, listen to the Psalms, right? If your disciplines are all out of whack, listen to the Bible as you're falling asleep. Do something. I have a daily habit every morning when I wake up before I check my phone, I quote the Shema, not just uh, Deuteronomy 6 and 
four through five, but I'm trying to actually memorize the whole thing. It's three portions of scripture. And so that is the, that is the practice, the bare minimum for me that is guiding my identity. The first thing I do before I check my phone or wake up is I quote, hero Israel, the Lord, our God is one. And then the whole story of um, God's salvation and deliverance, but also the need to, to keep these words hidden in our heart and a warning of what happens when we don't follow after the Lord. So that's my bare minimum. I quote the Shema, and then I typically listen to the Bible as I'm getting ready. These are really passive practices that don't require a lot of effort on my part, um, but they're things that keep me grounded on a day-to-day basis, right? So these are the non-negotiables in my life. Now, in reality, it's being a student is sometimes very, very stressful, (laughs) right? Very difficult. And so we need to know that we're not just doing this alone. God is walking with us. The Spirit produces fruit that helps us to be better people in every area of our lives, right? The Spirit is producing patience (laughs) and long-suffering in us. And so as we are working as students, as we're trying to be Christians and students at the same time, God is on this path with us. What am I listening to right now? It's, I'm coming close to my finals, so I am listening to jazz, lo-fi, you have like on you know YouTube, Spotify, all these study uh, music, <laughs> ambient sessions, <laughs> hour long. I'm plugging away at those. <laughs> I'm listening. This is weird, but I whenever I'm having a hard time focusing, and I know that like half of my gray matter has just gone on strike, <laughs> and any noise can distract me from my homework. So sometimes I literally will listen to white noise while I'm trying to study just to keep my head in the game um, and be able to focus on my work. Whatever you have to do, let's be good students together. Let's push through those difficult moments in the semester and know that it's all for a bigger purpose than just finishing the assignment.